Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy, co-founder of KidsViews.com. I'm here today with Amy Oztan Hello. of SelfishMom.com and Nancy Friedman, my KidsViews co-founder. Hello. And the founder of HipToHousewife.com. Um, Andrea's not with us today because she's actually in the Dominican Republic having escaped the sleet and the ice. So oh. um, I'm, I don't even think we should mention her name, actually. Really? <laughs> we saw, I saw a beautiful <sighs> palm tree beach pictures last night. It's very depressing. It is. Very jealous. Um, so today we are going to jump right in. We have three topics we're going to talk about today. The first we're super excited about. We're going to be joined by Jessica Scheiba, otherwise known as Mama's Gone City, otherwise known as Theo and Bo's doggy and human mom, um, <laughs> I would say. And otherwise known as our longtime friend. Yeah. Yes, we'll get into that. Is that a disclosure? Do we have to have, like, friend, <laughs> friend disclosure? Um, <laughs> she's not paying us for the segment. The second segment, we're going to jump into Digital Dilemmas. Um, we had a Facebook post from another mom blogger, actually. Um, and we're going to talk about that Digital Dilemma. And then we're going to have our Parenting Bites of the Week. Everything a parent should know, check out, read, listen to this week. So let's jump right in. We have Jessica Scheiba on the phone from California because she is not Mama's Gone City anymore. She's Mama left the city <laughs> <laughs> and moved back to Santa Cruz. And, and left we're us. bitter. And we're bitter. But I guess we should, as Nancy mentioned at the beginning, I mean, I want to say, Jessica, we've known you for, I think, four years or five years. Yeah, maybe five. It might be five. And so we should give people a little background that you are a mom blogger here in New York um, at Mama's Gone City, which was your blog. And at that time, you only had two kids, barely even two, <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> um, and then recently, in the last about a year and a half ago, right, you moved back to California. Right. Um, and kept the blog. And then I really think you were with those one of those people who... Your blog was always incredibly visual. You took the best pictures of your children than of any, like, it was not normal what these pictures of your children looked like yeah. on any given day. And for years, everyone's like, you need a book, you need a book. Um, and then I feel like when Instagram came out, you really found your medium. I did. And I felt, I actually has, I, I really resisted tapping into the Instagram sort of thing on only because to me and this is going to sound probably really ridiculous but to me it was sort of um creatively limiting i mean they gave you a set number of different filters and you could you know you sort of publish it based on that and that to me felt like well you know if i'm gonna slap a filter on my photos or every they're they're you know gonna look like everybody else's on purpose i suppose you know i given the platform but once I sort of took the plunge and, and it was right after Bo was born that I that I actually got an account I um, created an account on Instagram and sort of learned how to upload my photos with the help of other apps and you know help edit those photos and then upload through Instagram and um, that was sort of the first and last time I used the filters that they have on Instagram. And um, anyway, that was just, it sort of created a new platform for me that I really didn't expect to for it to become one of my favorites, but it's definitely, it's 
probably for me, one, definitely my favorite platform, social platform, but also because the community and the conversation has always been really engaged and amazing. So it's been a lot of fun for me, even then, before I went viral. <laughs> <laughs> so we should talk a little bit about that. I mean, you, you've been putting pictures of your kids online since the beginning, um, as you know, I think most mom bloggers in the space, and I would say actually most moms. Right, it's most not people. a mom blogger yeah. thing. I mean, people are putting up sonogram pictures. Um, right. And, you know, I think you've always shared your family. You have tremendously beautiful children. Um, and which, which happens when you and your husband are tremendously beautiful. <laughs> Just, I don't know how that works. It works out. Um, but you really, I think, touched, obviously, on something when you started taking pictures of Theo and Bo. And we should talk a little bit about Theo. We should talk about that piece of it uh, for your puppy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was actually, I mean... When we brought Theo home and sort of the magic happened between Theo and Bo, that, um, and I, I, I should probably go into that a little bit. He was seven weeks old when we brought him home from the Santa Cruz SPCA, and we had been to, to the SPCA a bunch of times before we found Theo, and, and every time we went and left, it was harder than the last to leave without bringing all of these sweet little faces home with us. But I just hadn't found a connection between, I was really looking for some, for a gentle, a very gentle soul to, to be around Bo because at the time he was little and especially with puppies, you really don't know what you're going to get. So I really wanted to make sure that that connection was, um, you know, as much as I, as much as I could help, you know, something that I, you know, was, um, as organic and, and I wanted to have, a, you know, a puppy that was going to be really calm with him, most of all, which, I mean, I realize we're talking about puppies and puppies are not calm, <laughs> but Theo actually really, he always has been. And he, even as he went through his sort of toddler stages, he, he is still very, um, I mean, definitely is a puppy, but he's, he definitely still has that calm demeanor. But, um, Anyway, I wouldn't, the day after we brought him home from the shelter, I was putting Bo down for a nap, and um, Theo was downstairs and having some separation anxiety, and he was really whining, and I just kind of assumed that um, nap time was probably forever over now that I have a puppy and a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I brought Theo upstairs just to sort of calm him down and, and get Bo. I don't know. I didn't know. I, I wasn't really expecting anything at that point, but Theo climbed right on top of Bo and they both fell asleep like instantly and it was the craziest thing I've ever seen <laughs> I, I mean I of course I whipped my phone out and <laughs> was taking, taking selfies because they were both in my lap at the time and I was trying to get my husband to come up and, and see them and trying not to wake them up from squealing and <laughs> it was kind of like this not craziness um, but because I had been taking photos and sharing them on social media as long as I had been it was very it was like a second nature to be able to share this moment but I certainly didn't expect the photos to get the attention that they did I kind of you know at the time I was like oh this is adorable this is darling this is what happens with puppies and babies you know but um I think the fact that they got as much attention as they did really, really blew me away. It still blows me away. And how many Instagram followers did you gain immediately after this went viral? Well, 
It took about five days um, after, you know, I, I think I added the hashtag after like five different naps that they had taken. Um, I added the Theo and Bo hashtag to sort of create that series. And then that, after the fifth day, I posted about it on the blog and then Huffington Post wrote about it. And at that, then it was overnight and I gained somewhere around 300,000 followers in the next like few days and sort of have been gaining steadily since then. It's been a really wild and crazy process. I remember that I, maybe not the first, but certainly before Huffington Post and before all that, I remember one of those original Theo and Bo photos. And I remember it because my daughter, who was probably 12 at the time or nearly 13, she came home and she said, did you see Jessica's last picture? And if anyone's wondering why my daughter followed <laughs> Jessica, a mom blogger, and she was 12, it's because her photos were so adorable. My daughter loved her kids. And actually, Aww. when you left, Jessica, we had a little goodbye party for you with the grown-ups, and then there was a baby party, and my daughter went to the baby party just so she could <laughs> see her kids and say goodbye. <laughs> but so she was following you, and she came home, and she said, did you see that picture? Picture? How is that fair? <laughs> 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 but Justin, at what point did you realize that they would keep napping together? Like how, you know, I think some people would be nervous to have a dog around a baby. Yeah. Um, you know, you're always a little jittery. You never quite know with a dog what they're going to do. Um, but more importantly, like, I'm always, I just remember that nap time. Like that nap time was so crucial <laughs> that if you didn't yeah. get it and you needed it more than they did almost. Um, yeah. Oh, Definitely. And that part of it, that's kind of, you know, that very first day I was kind of, and, and I would say the whole week I was kind of like, you know, silently saying goodbye to nap time because I, I just assumed that they would be too much of a distraction for each other. Um, the big kids were are out at school, but really what, what happened was just, I mean, it shocks me to this day that they, then they still nap together, but they found this connection and they really filled I think a void for each other um, and Theo was really needing his litter mates and I think Bo was feeling um, like he needed a companion as well now that his older sister and brother were gone at school all day and that was sort of a new development after we moved here too. Zoe started going to kindergarten and you know previously she had been home a lot of the time when we were living in New York. So and and I think that there is a component here about um, like just how we've we I've raised Bo and my other kids just very very I mean we've all been very close I mean and and I mean that in a physical way Bo spent most of his babyhood and childhood in a carrier on me um, going to get Jack at school and getting Zoe and doing all of our traveling in New York City he was with me he was on me and I think I think that really speaks speaks to how well he, and how much he needed somebody with him during his sleeping time and and you know while we do we did co-sleep with Bo to a degree I think um, I really just think that he's used to having somebody near him and they actually slept better and they do sleep better together um, I think just having and I think now that you know with Evie in the picture too a little bit that that's something that um, I think it's really comforting for her too, is just to have that heartbeat and that warmth and you know the breathing 
right next to them. I think that's just something that they've always been used to. And Bo, at this point, he won't sleep without Theo. And we should tell listeners about Evie. That's your your newest addition to your family. (laughs) For for anyone who's been living under a rock and doesn't know who you are. (laughs) How old is she now? She's five months. And and she's, you know, we've been traveling now um, to the East Coast the last week. So her schedule's a little bit off now, but she sort of had found a pattern where she was going, I would have to have her down for a nap before I put Bo down. So it just kind of, it, it had to happen out of just necessity um, to make sure she was sleeping as well. And she um, found a really ha- happy routine with that too. But her, I don't, I don't, she's still so young. The difference is that Theo, Theo was considerably smaller than yeah. Bo when we brought him <laughs> yeah. home. And so I really, I now. wasn't worried about, you know, physically, I wasn't worried about safety. I mean, his little teeth were, I mean, right. he just was, he wasn't, it wasn't a concern at that point. You know, when he started to become bigger than Bo, then yeah, of course it was a concern. And it was, you know, even as as well as I as I know Theo, and I knew that he, he was just, not the type of dog to um, to be aggressive. I still stayed in the room, and I still stay very, very close to them. Now, when, I know there were some. He, sorry, I know there were some haters online who were, you know, saying that's so dangerous and really, you know, you're a bad mother for letting this happen. And but I do think they seem to be in the minority. But I am curious if you feel there's a difference in the the hater community, if it, you can call it that, on the various social media platforms? Does it seem to be more people are critical on one rather than the other? Uh, yes. I would say Instagram. I mean, I I don't see it on Facebook. I, I've seen it a fraction of a percent on Facebook. Um, and, and it could just be the vast majority of I mean there's just so many more people on Instagram but I also feel like Instagram is not quite as accountable as Facebook I mean your whole social profile is on Facebook whereas Instagram you you get a little snippet and you can keep your your profile private if you want so the whole public you know the whole world isn't going to see you know who you are and what you're doing um, for the most part so I definitely see if there's going to be comments there on Instagram and um, and there, there aren't there. There were at, at a certain point, but there really aren't anymore, unless I, you know, I'm very careful about what I post. I'm, I'm very. I think it's very. I think that's also a huge difference between now and a year ago. Is I'm, I'm very conscious of what I post and when I post and how I tag it and what I write in the caption. It's you know, whereas before it was much more instant. You know, as you know that it's a kind of supposed to be i think this is it has to be a much more thought out process for me now what are some uh, of the things that you have to stay away from in order to avoid a blow up you know i'm surprised sometimes by by things um but i have to be really careful of just mostly safety i mean i i won't instagram from like the inside of a car for instance <laughs> 
that's a huge no-no. I, I did that once with Theo, and I was sort of ripped apart for not having a seatbelt on him or a doggy harness. And at that point, I, I didn't really know. So I, I learned. I've learned a lot from my Instagram community. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think somebody told me to put a life vest on him when I had him at the beach. At the beach, and that sort of, I, you know. Or and then one time I had them. I was feeding the ducks, and and I was sort of. That's a big no-no too. Apparently, ducks. It's not good to feed the ducks bread. But I, I mean, I'm learning again. Like all of these different things, I'm learning. But I, there's, I think I just keep it as um, as safe as possible. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play. It. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. So most of our audience are are regular parents. They're not social media parents. So you really do take unbelievable pictures of your kids. And a lot of times you're doing it with your iPhone. Um, can you? What are your best tips for parents who really want to capture beautiful pictures of their kids. I think a lot of people try and it doesn't go so well. Um, I mean, I can't tell you all the time. I'm like, there's no way she took that with an iPhone. There's no way. Um, So let's just say starting with that, that basic like smartphone picture, what would be some tips you'd give parents who really want to take great pictures of their kids? I have the first tip. This is Nancy, uh, which is I took a picture recently of Jessica's kids. So (laughs) I'm a lousy photographer, but the picture I took of um, Jack and Zoe was awesome. <laughs> so I think it helps to have gorgeous kids okay, who smile. But Purdue <laughs> thinks their children are beautiful. So let's start with that Thank assumption. You. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I think, and this is something that I've I've been taking pictures with my iPhone since since basically. I mean, the iPhone came out right as Jack was born, so that was like eight years ago. And so I would say I had eight years, I've had eight years of experience of taking pictures with my iPhone. And and 99% of the pictures that I share on Instagram are iPhone. All of the Theo and Bo pictures on Instagram are iPhone. Um, one thing I do is I take about 20, 20 pictures of one specific like moment, if I can get 20, um, because 19 of those pictures are gonna be kind of either smudgy or a movie or not perfect and um, I can find one picture to out of like a bulk of a bunch to sort of refine and share. Um, I think definitely finding some apps that um, I think, you know, it sort of, you know, works to, to whatever your taste is. Like I like to have my pictures really super bright and not look edited. That's kind of my goal. Um, I brighten them a lot with um, PicTap Go is my is probably my number one go to. I use a lot of the brightening tools in there and um, contrast, and um, that seems to refine an image in a really natural way without having to slap on you know a different filter that that will distort um, the faces and different different you know, key components of a picture of a person or a child, you know, I, I think the less editing, the better. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, those are my, probably my go-to is just make sure that there's, there's a lot <laughs> to choose from and to be able to sort of find an app that really speaks to your, you know, what, what your goal is in, in a photo. But generally I think 
with um, children, it's it's easier to take a whole bunch of them because then at least one will, will turn out. And do you, what if you, so we talked a little bit about the Instagram haters, but, you know, as someone who's been putting her kids on social media for so long, do you have any tips for parents about, you know, sort of dealing with that, dealing with not just haters, but the sort of lack of privacy of, of putting your kids out there? That's a really good question and probably something that I've been struggling with since all of this went crazy. Um, that was, I, I didn't, when this, when these photos of Bo and Theo went around the world, I didn't sleep for like two nights. I, it was really scary for me to have my baby's picture all over the country and I sort of had this moment of what have I done you know my my privacy is now you know I think I and somebody and this of all places was around the Thanksgiving table um Thanksgiving evening somebody said well what did you expect I mean you have you're putting your family on a blog and and you're sharing them on you know a, a public forum what what did you expect? And I don't think anybody could ever expect to go to go viral in the essence of what that means, you know. Um, but given that, I I'm, I've I've really had to establish boundaries of what I feel is um, is okay to share, you know. And there's my my older son is is eight now, and I'm I'm sharing less and less of him because he's getting bigger, and I think he's he's really starting to understand more about um, just life and being a kid and and social things and you know friendships and all of those things. And he they 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 are very much they don't go through my phone. They're not on Instagram. They don't really understand any of that because I've I've sort of kept it that for that reason um but i think you know i think establishing a boundary of what you feel is um something that you want to share and and that, again that's something that i'm i have to revisit every single day like well do i want to share this moment with the entire world or do i want to keep it for me and and there's definitely becoming more moments for me rather than what i want to share which I think because of the scope of what's happened in the past year, it's really sort of been a, um, a topic, a hot topic in, in, in our home and in my own, you know, just in my, my head. I need to feel okay with what, I'm, with, with what I'm doing and how I'm sharing my family. I guess that's the best advice for parents, really. Is and I, I think you're so right about when your kids get older. It is a whole different thing. That um, I mean, you know, Jack will have his own profiles in a few years, and and he'll be controlling yeah. what to put up. And you're that, you know, you're the example of like sort of being careful and thoughtful and thinking about yeah. before you put up and taking lots of them. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna I mean, be the only really... kid who takes twenty selfies. And I do want to <laughs> say because we talked a little bit about the haters, but I think we should sort of give you a chance to maybe end on a high note because I know there were also some people who were really moved and touched and changed by your photos and that made you feel like you were you know this was great and 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 a wonderful thing that you've done in the world you want to talk about that a little bit I do and I think you know I think you know and just in terms of of speaking to the negativity that I've seen online it, it was such it for me 
while it was very upsetting to me because it is my family and it is my life and and I can't pretend that I don't take it personally because I absolutely do and it definitely affects me um, it's it's such a fraction of of the beauty that has come our way since this has you know since the photos came out and and the world sort of was drawn to them um, the negativity has really been been just just a blip and of of the really the wonderful things that that people have said i've gotten tons of emails from from i mean in different languages even you know that i that I, i've been had you know put through google translate or whatever the best <laughs> ability but um there have been a couple stories um that have really just sort of taken me aback um specifically one woman has emailed me i think she's she's not in america she was she's in a different country but she had had left a comment i think on my blog saying that her mom had recently passed away from breast cancer and one of one of the highlights of her day was looking at the the napping pictures of co and bo and sort of what that piece had and and moment of happiness had brought her mom i mean it just like i i get choked up even thinking about it because it just it's overwhelming to me um the way that the i think that it's just such a a perfect moment you know that that nobody can really orchestrate between two um like untapped little beings i mean they're you couldn't find anything more innocent than a puppy and a baby. And the fact that they found each other and this peace with each other, I think is really, um, it's a moment of, I think, clarity amongst all the negativity that we're sort of inundated with, you know, with the news and, and different, different things that, that is kind of fed into our, you know, our Facebook stream and our newspapers and our, and our, um, other, other media, as a whole. So I think that just, I think it's, it's a nice little blip for, for, for lots of people just to have that moment. And then to be able to share that with the world is, I feel just so honored and um, privileged to, to be in the room with them at all. Yeah. I think that's what makes, so we should just, as we sign off with you, Jess, we're just going to tell people that if you, if you're not, if you haven't been following Jessica on Instagram, um, <laughs> which I'm not sure who you are, but that's okay. You can find her now. Um, but she, the book came out, Nap Time with Theo and Bo, and it is so outrageously sweet. It's like instant Prozac looking at that book. <laughs> um, it really is. And um, they should have it in all the doctor's offices. Um, but I would, it's everywhere. And I actually think it's an amazing Valentine's Day gift. I know it's on like a ton of Valentine's Day gift lists. Um, it's so sweet. It is. It just brings a smile to your face and makes you feel good. And even though last week I said don't make Valentine's Day about your children, um, I'm going to say you should buy Nap Time with the Ombo. And we'll put a link to it again on Amazon. But you can also buy it. You can find it at Target. You can find it at Barnes & Noble. And and buying the book also helps out the shelter where you got yeah. the right? Yeah. yeah. Thank you for, for mentioning that. Yeah, we're, I'm doing a portion of the proceeds are going to be uh, donated to the Santa Cruz SPCA where we got T.O., um, and that's sort of been a cause that I've really sort of, that's really anchored me throughout this entire unbelievable process, you know, to be able to help 
this little shelter that desperately needs it was a very grounding sort of point for me. So to be able to, you know, put some of the proceeds to the book to, towards them is also just a, it's a it's a it's a high point. <laughs> Well, it's all good, Jess. We're so happy for you. We're so thrilled, um, and we're so happy that so Thank many you. more people see your talent. Because I do think you know it's oh. you know going viral is exciting and whatever, but it also means that there are just bazillions more people um, seeing what makes your work special. And I think it's great, and it couldn't happen to a nicer person. Um, we miss so you, much. Jess. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for joining us, and we'll link to everything we talked about on our Facebook page and. Go go put your babies to a nap. <laughs> they're they're all bowling right now with daddy, so oh, I'm, I'm good. Oh, you <laughs> They'll be nice and tired. Great, perfect. So you go take a nap. <laughs> uh, I think I might. Yeah, go. No, thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to hear your voices. Thanks for joining us. Bye, Jess. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Aw, that's so sweet. Um, it's such a good book. I really do recommend that everyone go pick it up and look at it. Your kids will love it. Like your mom will. I don't know. It's it's just even my mother. Books. My mother who's like, eh, about everything. She's like, well, that's a, she's a real photographer. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's not normal. It's not normal. That's what we kept saying. It really is. I actually offered her money once for a picture, one a picture of her daughter that she took at the MoMA in the rain exhibit. I'm not kidding. It was like one of the most beautiful pictures in black and white with the rain falling right. It's still, wow. I want it. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. So we're going to jump into our second topic, which is the digital dilemma, which we do every week. And this week, we we were so happy. We had a question that we pulled from Facebook. She didn't pose it to us, but I was like, we're taking it. Um, (laughs) So she does know that we're reading this on air. We did ask her permission. Um, She's actually another mom blogger. She blogs at NYC Single Mom. Her name is Linda Grant. She's obviously a New York City mom. Um, So she wrote, first year middle schooler question, her daughter's in sixth grade. Do you have any insight into who your friends associate with um, during the day or online, meaning like the your child's friends. Um, we know two families from elementary school. That's it. Every kid she mentions is a mystery. I can't figure out if it's worth my time to meet the parents or just wait it out. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's so funny. I actually answered her, and I'm not going to say my answer right now, but she... I thought about it like my mom knew my elementary school friends so well because it's just much more intimate and they're over all the time. But she didn't know any of my, not really middle school, because I had a lot of the same, but my high school friends, for sure. Like, once my circle really expanded, um, it, it is, it's not because she didn't want to know them. It's just that you're you're a more independent person, and you are meeting people on your own. And I never really thought about it. Because, yeah. you know. It's a weird thing, because my son went to his elementary school for seven years, and during that, and it's like three blocks from us, so I was there all the time. I knew all the parents. I knew all the kids. And so when he went to middle school, I think there were only two friends that I knew. And luckily, our house has become a little bit of the hangout house. So once or twice a week, he'll bring friends home with him from school. So I've gotten to know a few of them. But for the most part, I don't know his friends. I don't know any of their parents. And 
I was trying to research a little to talk about this, to try to find some kind of backing for my feeling that you don't need to know your kid's middle school But you friends. started Googling the parents, and then you were well, horrified. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even know their last names. I wouldn't even be able to do that. But what I found over and over again was everybody saying, you have to know your kid's middle school friends. You have to know your kid's middle school friends and their parents and, and everything about them. And I just don't think that's practical. I, I, I don't. I think that it would take so much effort and time. And I think that the smarter thing to do is to watch what your child is doing. When your child goes to middle school, are they still the same person? Are they still um, getting into trouble as much or as little as they used to? Or is this a huge change that that's being um, brought about by a new set of friends? I think if your kid is doing okay, their friends are probably okay. If your kid is getting into more trouble, then you've got to check out the friends. And I think it's what Linda's finding, um, the poser of the question, is she's sort of getting into this dilemma that starts now, which is curiously a very undigital dilemma. I, I, you know, I saw the post too, and I thought initially, I just assumed she was asking about, do I need to know her friends on social media? But she was talking about her real life friends. And also this weekend, I read a post on Grown and Flown, by Lisa, who's one of the editors there, and she said um, she was talking about how her kid going off to college was mostly depressing because she knew that from here on out she was going to know him a little bit less. Hmm. And I think that's what happens as your kids get older. And you know them a little less in middle school, but you're still going once in a while, and you still might go to the volunteer for the bake sale, and you'll meet parents here and there, and there's they want you there. They have a PTA. Um, but it is the inevitable beginning of the separation of your children and that's what you raise them for well i think that's when it always comes back to and i and i do think there's a social media piece because you could follow all your friends your kids friends so yeah. like that is new you actually could kind of keep tabs in a different way um which you my, may choose my, to do my son won't accept my facebook um friend request but you know what all of his friends will because yeah. they just want more followers <laughs> i'm not even kidding like they just want instagram followers like kids will okay anybody like yes please follow me on instant and all social media um but I do think it comes back to, like, the trust your kid feels in you and how safe they feel with you because they're going to tell you a lot of the time the kids that they're not comfortable with or something that happened that they weren't comfortable with or somebody. Like, it's always, like, there's, like, a group well, in middle school for sure. There's always, like, a faster group or a whatever group. And either your kid's talking about that group, which means they're not in it, or your kid's in it, and then you kind of got to think about, okay, who is that? Who is this person? Who am I hanging out with? You know, and I know this might be a very city problem more because I think in the suburbs you you tend to go to the same your schools. You have schools that converge into each other, but it's still there's a lot more of the kids go to the same school all the way through. Mm -hmm. Whereas in New York, you can spread out, and all of a sudden you're friends with kids from all different boroughs and all different areas. Um, I think you got to get to know the people you want to get to know as much as you can. Like, if your daughter's a best friend. So what I said was I actually had, like, a little party at her house one day after school. Um, we had this kind of thing. And, you know, they invited the six girls over who I'd never met, who I'd only heard about. And then I at least could put faces to names and see them. Um, my only rule is the sleepover. If they're going to sleep at someone's house, then I absolutely have to talk to that parent. Yeah. I, that I, I'm sorry, and that'll always be true. Like, I just need to know that this parent doesn't have like five heads and is like, what? They're sleeping over? I had no idea. You know, whatever it is. Because sometimes kids make plans 
And they didn't tell the parents they made plans, too. Like, that's happened to us like, a few times. Like, we're going to go to the... I'm like, does her mother know you're planning on coming over? Oh, does, you know, <laughs> like... Because they're kids. They don't think that stuff through. So I think you just have to cross your fingers and let him go. My right. son is 13, and I still insist on asking if the house where he's going has guns. Like, I'll stand here uh-huh. while he calls and has the, you know, like, confirms it. So that still worries me. Worries me more now that he's older, because, you know, now he thinks he's tough and invincible. Right. I, yeah, I don't even think about that. I guess oh, that, I should. That's always been my question that's from, from so when they were just tiny. We had, that, to me. we had that situation. We were visiting friends who don't live in the city. I know it's incredible. We left the <laughs> island. And, um, and we, um, and my daughter slipped and fell, and uh, we had to take her to the emergency room. They were little. They were probably 10. And um, so we left my son in the house, and it didn't occur to me to ask that question that Amy asks. And I came came back quite late, took five, six hours, and drove, we were driving home, and my son says, oh, it's so cool, we were shooting guns, target <gasps> practice, and it was turned out it was a BB gun, but still a gun. And I said, did, did, did Dad stay with you the whole time? And he said, he stayed with us most of the time. But it was very, we were very safe. He was very safe. And I thought, but he didn't stay with two 10-year-old boys <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> he went up to get himself a cocktail at one point. So I guess you do have to ask that I question. Guess you do yeah. have to ask. Whereas my, my relatives in Kansas, like, they, were, they all knew how to use and clean guns by the time they were five or six. Well, I was going to so. say my daughters, I mean, this is like a totally separate subject, but um, my daughters take marksmanship at camp, so they know their way around a gun. Like, nobody's business. <laughs> my two city girls. Now, there's who, a sentence I never thought I'd live to hear you say. But my I have daughters to say, know their way around a gun. I know. And, I, and, I, and it is, I, as a parent, who, especially from New York City, like, I, it is bizarre to me and like honestly I really don't like it when I go to camp like there's something very unsettling to me to watch my children shoot I mean they shoot targets and I get NRA targets home from the mail and they're all excited (laughs) they hit the bullseye but on the other hand my daughters would never touch a gun like they have learned so much gun safety and gun rules and like what goes on with guns in that camp and how they're handled and everything that actually have much less fear of that because they have been taught all that so it's sort of a weird thing but that's okay that's a totally separate thing and I don't think that's what Linda was concerned about no (laughs) no that's my phobia I think it was more that initial feeling of oh my god my daughter's talking about people and I have no idea who they are and this is so weird yeah I mean Um, I, I don't know what to tell her like I'm okay with not knowing because my son is still the same person and he's still doing well, I think you don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah. You I think to that's get, you right. Have to that's, get it's okay the inevitable. It. It's and look, if you're doing it right, and you've been doing it right, and I know Linda, and I know she's her daughter, right. she's doing it right. <laughs> yeah. This is a little girl who has, or not so little anymore, <laughs> who you know she's very self possessed. She's very mature. I do think she and Linda really talk. I don't think that I think there are a lot of kids at this stage who really stop confiding anything in their parents, but I don't think that's this child. So I think, but I do think you got to back off at some point and let, start trust them. Yeah. Right. Or else you make them crazy and they'll just have no friends. So yeah. right. <laughs> that's your other choice. Or or you be totally crazy like me and you invite 20 teenagers, boys and girls, to your house to sleep over. <laughs> crazy. But I do think follow all of them on social media. I'm not kidding. Like kids, they love it. They just want followers. So you can, it's a great way to keep tabs and, you know, just you do it very stealth, stealthily. <laughs> okay, so we're going to jump into our parenting bite. We'll start with you, Amy. What's your bite of the week? You're okay. stolen. You yes, your stolen bite. No, 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 not stolen. <laughs> I did check with you to make sure that you weren't going to use it, but I did. I found this on Nancy's Facebook feed, and it is brilliant and hilarious. And, and it's, I wish um, I wrote it myself, but oh, I didn't. My God, <laughs> I do too. This it's it's 
It's titled 20 Questions I Have for People Who Were in Their 20s Before Cell Phones and Internet. So it's it's written by this this 20-something girl. I'm just going to read a few of them to you, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll post the link to the entire thing on Facebook, on our Facebook page, but we have number 10. How did your parents get in touch with you when you were out? Like, it's such an obvious thing, right? Because, like, we can just call our kids on their cell phones. and But, no, you you left the house, and that's it. Your parents didn't talk to you till you got home. It was, it was a totally it was different thing. It was wonderful. Yeah, yeah she continues Those saying, days. she continues that one saying, this might have been the only perk of life before the internet. Less <laughs> annoying parents. Yeah, totally. Um, Number 12, how did you do anything at work before email? Now, if the internet doesn't work, offices basically shut down. But once upon a time, the internet didn't work. So please, someone tell me how that all went down. Memos. Yeah, like there was <laughs> there was paper everywhere. I worked in an office. There it was a lot of paper. We also talked to each other more. There yeah. were phones. And phones. And, and well, faxes. Right. And you dropped by people's desks a lot more, too. Yeah. 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 And then uh, just one more. Number 19, how did you find out about the weather? <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to watch the Weather Channel? There was no Weather Channel. Did you have to watch the Weather Channel? No, you because read it in the paper. If so, that sucks. <laughs> no, we. My favorite job. My like my sisters and I would fight for the job each morning of calling the number oh, to right. find out what the weather Nine, was. Nine seven six one yeah. two yes. one two. Yeah. and then like we would be the weather person for the whole house they and tell everybody the what they had and to time wear. too. At the tone, yep. the time will be because <laughs> nothing was you know because you didn't have to set your anything. It, nothing <laughs> was connected to the atomic clock and setting itself. Right. So yeah, this was just one of the fun posts I've read in a long time. So that's my bite for this week, and we'll link to it. Nancy? Mine is um, a more a more serious one. Um, it's a book about social media written by Dana Boyd. She spells it D-A-N-A-H. Um, lowercase. And she does all lowercase. All, oh, I thought that was just how she wrote the title. Okay. <laughs> Dana Boyd, all lowercase, evidently, which is weird. I'm now questioning <laughs> whether or not I should recommend that. No, she's amazing. <laughs> I know. It's an amazing book. In large part, I must admit, because she really, um, it's called It's Complicated, The Social Media Lives of Teens. And part of the reason I think I liked it so much is that she pretty much espouses my beliefs. She just says them way better than I ever could. <laughs> but um, it, it's essentially a book that is reassuring to parents that, yes, of course, there are downsides to social media. Um you know, your parents can call you when you're out of the house. Um, but that there are so many wonderful things about it and that it's not this big, horrible thing that everybody should fear. Um, and it's um, very well written, lots of anecdotes from the kids. And she did a tremendous amount of research. It's not just a big, long opinion. It's lots of research, lots of statistics. Well, she's she spent, a real academic. Yeah, she spent several years uh, sort of embedded in high schools <laughs> and talking to kids. And... Um, it's a it's a it's a really good read, and I think for parents. I met a parent the other day at a, a party, and she said, "I know nothing, and my daughter just got on social media, and I don't even know where to start. I just got a smartphone, oh. and she still had her flip phone. She really wasn't there." And I said, "Start with this, so that you're not so terrified." So it's complicated by Dana Boyd. Yeah, less oh. fear is a good thing. Yeah, she's awesome. We were on a show together, and then the host was really upset because we were on the same side. That's how she thought. So mine is something everyone knows about, but I have to talk about how amazing, how awesome their customer service is, which is Paperless Post. Mm. So we're getting invites. My daughters are having their bat mitzvah, which is a benot mitzvah because it's two girls, whatever. Um, and the invites have been the bane of my existence. And I was like looking everywhere, looking everywhere. So Paperless Post has paper. 
invitations now, <laughs> not just paperless. Um, and it's really hard to order this kind of stuff online. I'm a total paper snob. Like, I have to touch the paper. So um, they've been amazing online. Like, they were like, we'll customize this. Because what? They sent me a sample that was, like, hanging out in their office because they couldn't order a proof of what I wanted. But they had, like, a sample of the kind we want, whatever. And, I mean, they must have emailed. They mean only, like, three times a day. Like, they just, I mean, they've been absolutely incredible. And then I didn't order them from them. <laughs> I feel so bad. Are you kidding me? Oh, I share an office with Rebecca, so I have been <laughs> through all this with her. So we, or I ordered from Minted instead because, who was have also been fantastic, um, because they didn't have the paper stock I liked to paperless oh. post for oh. the type of invite my girls wanted, which was this gold foil. And they, their paper stock is much thinner, and you can't order, like, the super thick paper stock for that but I'm minted you can so after all so sort of a that, backhanded compliment oh my god so I, but I feel post. bad and actually the other thing that happened was the invite they picked out we basically got almost the same invite in the mail about a week mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago and then where I was like oh, well we're not doing that because it was the same color and everything mm-hmm. but I highly 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 recommend them um, because it was I can't even tell you it was such a pleasure dealing with them and working with them um, I've actually ordered from three different places for this or dealt with I did paper well I did my save the dates on paperless post and then I ordered the invites from Minted and then I ordered the thank you notes from Wedding Paper Divas mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. so I can tell you about all three of them they're actually all fantastic and it's been a great experience um, much nicer than the invitation lady that people sent me to in person who basically never returned my email after I told her how much I wanted to spend Ooh, wow really obnoxious and I would and I'm not linking to her and I would so. like to say in Rebecca's defense because if you're listening to this, it sounds like she might be like crazy party planner mom. And no. like I said, I share an office with her. We are together an inordinate amount of our <laughs> lives. And she is not crazy party. The only thing that you really, really spent a tremendous amount of focus and energy on are the invitations. She's very mellow about planning this major life event for her girls. I, I commend her. I think it's because I'm not religious at all, but that's a different discussion. Um, so, <laughs> um, no, I think it's because I've planned way too many events in my life. Um, so... That is my recommendation. Paperless Post, online and the regular paper, just because they are an absolute joy to deal with. So that is it for us this week. Please check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash parentingbytes with a Y. Email us your questions at parentingbytes at gmail.com. You can, or put it on our Facebook page, put digital dilemmas. We want to hear from you. Check us out on iTunes at Parenting Bites, B-Y-T-E-S. Um, and subscribe. Subscribe because that is the only way we know you guys are listening is how we see people downloading. Um, and next week we'll be back. We have a special next week. We'll be covering Toy Fair. So we're going to have all of the coolest, hottest toys that your children will be begging you for and we'll tell you what's worth it. So until next week. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Thank Nancy. Thank you. Bye. Bye.